Hello and welcome back to another edition of In the Back Pocket. My name is Daniel Prezi, standing in for the Georgie Parker, who's currently placed in COVID-safe protocols. She'll be in the can for seven days. She'll be back next week. But until then, we're here to find some winners. COVID-safe protocols? Let's just call it what it is. She's got COVID. She's done. In yeah. the can. They don't need to be like all prim and proper. This man that you're dealing with here, you might not have seen him before, but he's one of Sportswear's very own. And don't be confused by the nice looks and the structured shirt and the pink shirt that he's got on. He's got that growth just at three day and he just knows when he's going on camera how much that growth needs to be. This is the sort of man he is. He's an e-scooter driver and this is when he rocks into the Sportsbet offices. This is what he does. This is just behind his desk. So he's got a personal spot for his scooter and nobody else is allowed to go near that area. So this is just the sort of non-humble sort of person we're talking about here at Sportsbet. BJ, that's a stitch up. I didn't print any of those. Uh, yeah, a few others would argue that, mate. Mm. But I'm all with you. He's doing his bit for the environment, riding his scooter in. He, he cops it here from the sports bet crew. Is that why you ride the scooter for the environment? Environment, environmentally friendly. But I tell you what, Brownie, I'm not able to stop for lunch. But you have time to stop for lunch and prepare lunch for your kids. If we can just throw up what you made recently for your kids, that is, it looks like chicken wings on a plate of pasta. Now that's. I presume there's no recipe required for any of this. It absolutely is chicken wings with plain pasta because there's two things that my kids like. One of them is plain pasta. So I make a pasta dish for them, put the bolognese or the carbonara. No, I just want plain pasta. They also love chicken wings. So I thought, Why not mix what's the better than mix the two? You yeah, got the, I'm, I'm the plain pasta there as a dad, and yeah. the chicken wings. It was easy and they loved it. It was one of the things they ate the most. Well, I tell you what, Brownie, there's absolutely no value in that plate of pasta, that's for sure. But what you are finding value in is oh, the value nice hunters. That's Here a nice we go. Show. Where's the money at and who is collecting the footy, Brownie? Now let's have a look at the value hunters and this is where I love. This is where I own my money here at Sportsbet. 20 we're plus disposals. Wobbles. I own it for the punters out there. Uh, look, Jackson Hately, he's a player that you might not have heard a lot of, but he's having a really good run at Adelaide at the moment. Brody Smith, careful on Brody Smith, only getting 20, 21, 20 and 21. So, and Nick Hines had a really good month as uh, we go to the second page. And this is where I've made my name, Dan, the 25 plus disposals. And I've been telling you about Jack Viney all the way from $2.20. Now he's $1.55. And Nick Dacos is having a wonderful patch as well. But if I'm backing anyone, it is that man. Um, and Angus Brayshaw as well. A lot of Melbourne players getting disposals at the moment. Bradley Hill is down there at a big price, but uh, Dylan Shield, first time that he's played against Sydney since he was embarrassed. And here's the value hunters. Todd Marshall, he was $2.50 for two plus goals only four weeks ago, but he's had a wonderful four weeks. Darcy Fogarty is putting together a nice one. And I think Oliver Henry this week is due for a big game as well. So there's some players there that I like to value. The value hunters are where it's at. 25-plus disposal market is where we specialise. Well, there you go. Round 16, it's going to be a full suite of games, and Brownie's just found some exceptional value. The Brisbane Lions, centre stage, once again, Thursday night. They got clobbered at the MCG, but they will enter as $1.35 favourites with the Dogs, $3.20. The Lions, 17 and a half. Now, there's some great inclusions here, uh, Brendan, with the Brisbane Lions. We've got Dane Zorko and, um, Zach, and, Bailey. and Zach Bailey. Yep, Do you think uh, the Dogs can cover? Uh, I think this should it should be a good game. Uh, both teams struggled defensively, so I think it's well on paper and, and the record the last month in particular. But both teams it should be a high scoring affair. But I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about the the tools for Brisbane. So Bulldogs' vulnerability, I think, has been in defence. We've talked about it before, and in particular their key defenders. So they're a little bit undersized there. Alex Keith, we've got Gardner, O'Brien. I think they got in to play that more drop off intercept market, but he's having to play. Uh, particularly this week, on one of the key forwards of Brisbane. And that's either Joe Danaher, it's Dan McStay, or it's Eric Hipwood. 
So I think one of those guys is going to get off the chain just because the other the other three struggling, the ball's coming in at a rate that they're struggling to defend, their structure's a little bit flaky, I've used the term before. So I think one of those guys will get off the chain in particular. I think it's still going to be Joe. I think Alex Keith will go to him. He's the best forward, he's the best tall forward, and he'll get the best defender. And Alex Keith is the best defender. But I still think Joe Denneher is going to have an impact on the game. So look, th three, even four plus girls. Completely agree with you. And I think that it's not only the, the tall forwards. I think Charlie Cameron looms here. I don't think they've got a match up for Charlie Cameron as well. So the trend is your friend, as I tell you. So let's have a look at what the Bulldogs have served up uh, defensively. And uh, uh, this is some big numbers in the last five weeks. So Mitch Lewis and Luke Bruce, four and three. Green, seven. Cameron, six. Joel Jeffrey has kicked five. So somebody is going to step up. And you're going, Joe. I'm going, Charlie. I just don't think they've got a match up for Charlie Cameron. Well, ironic, so I'm going small. The small man's Coleman is always good. So the other place is it's almost a buyable wear uh, around the disposal. I normally back the Bulldogs players every week, disposal markets. But when I look at that, um, look, Bailey Dale regularly has 25 plus. But outside that, Trelaw has been up and down. Tom Liberatore sometimes has a more defensive game and he has 20, 22. Bontem Pally's played forward a bit, so hasn't always been above 25. And Dunkley, um, doesn't get there all the time. So this is against Brisbane with 25-plus disposals. So when you think of the Bulldogs, they've had five, six, sometimes even seven players with 25-plus. So it's almost stay away from this week because because Brisbane have the ball so often, you don't get a lot of 25-plus disposal games. Only really Melbourne and the Fremantle Dockers have had four or more. Everybody else has had twos and threes. So I'm going to stay away from the Bulldogs' 25-plus disposal market this week where I normally go. Okay, Brownie pushing on to Friday night footy. It is the Carlton Blues who head back to Marvel Stadium. Dollar and fifty-four cents in the head-to-head. -head. Got St Kilda, two dollars and forty-three cents. They've been almighty disappointing the past two weeks. The line's marked at nine point five with the total points one sixty-two. Brendan, the Blues have the clubhouse leader for the Coleman here, Charlie Kerno. He's getting some excellent service from his midfielders in St Kilda. This is a really important game for them. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm not even being a St Kilda man, but just how St Kilda respond. We talked about it last week. Everyone expected a response against Sydney. Didn't come. They're under the heat. Brett Ratton's under the pump, being talked about now about his future, as we expected, after a couple of heavy losses and no response. So, And Carlton coming off such a great win last week and a dominant performance with their midfield. Let's not forget how good they were against Fremantle, which their midfield has been going so well. So Own the ball in their half of the ground. Own the ball. So we've talked about it before. From stoppages and particularly centre square bounce, you have the 6-6-6 set up. But that's where the highest scoring chain in AFL now is from centre square bounce. So if you've got Carlton in there and they're being so dominant, that's when then Harry, you can't get a number back, players start to struggle, the forwards actually get to dictate their starting positions when the ball is set up from the centre square bounce. So uh, we're looking looking for those tools. Mackay and Charlie Curnow being dominant, are the dominant pair uh, forward combination in the competition. So I think look to one of those for, for a good game this week. Let's look at Charlie Curnow and his stats at Marvel Stadium. It's extraordinary what he's done there this year. And not only has he kicked goals, three, five, six, six and four, but he's also had big shots through six goals, three against Adelaide, then seven shots, then six shots. So 24 goals in five games. So you'd have to back Charlie Curnow in this game. So the thing with St Kilda is, if they can get enough ball inside forward 50, they've got King, they've got Membry, Gresham will be down there. So they can kick a winning score. They've got a side to kick a winning score. But if Carlton do what they do last week, again, around what they did against Fremantle around stoppages, and they don't allow the ball in that half of the ground. So if it's 60% of the game in Carlton's forward half of the ground and 40 in the Saints, Carlton win quite comfortably. If that's turned around and St Kilda can somehow break even and beat Cripps, beat Kennedy, beat Walsh, it might need that's to be tag Sam Walsh. Yeah. And it's a big if because then you've got... Um, um, uh, 
George Hewitt, who's had 12 games this year. Yep. Every game he's had 25 or more. So it's a big midfield to overcome, especially when De Koning is now jumping over the top of other yeah. ruckmen. And so. this, I know it's a throwaway line, but when, when players and footy experts use the line that it's won or lost in the midfield, because this is why. Because you get dominance, you get grand position, and when you're a good team defensively and have great structure, then the opposition should be able to get it out of their defensive 50. So that's why the midfield, not so much in general play, but around stoppages, it's so important. BJ, just speaking about the defensive 50, flipping over to you, Brownie, Adam Saad is averaging 22 disposals on the year. He's accumulated 25-plus in three of his past four games, averaging in and around uh, 24 at Marvel Stadium. Let's have a look at his disposal splits here. Can he go 30-plus in that defensive 50? Um, not 30-plus. I like him for 25. I like him for 20. So what Saad has done this year, and he's always been a good accumulator, but what he does that a lot of other halfbacks don't do, he can defend. So he defends first, and he's hard to score against, and he's hard to get ball on, where you would take a Bailey Dale or maybe even a, a Nick Dacos at Collingwood, who it's get the ball first and let's run and carry because that's what we do, even Caleb Daniel. But this guy defends first, gets the ball second. So that is what Carlton are getting out of him this year. I didn't think it was always that way in previous years, but under Michael Voss, he's playing a great brand of football. So Adam Saad for me, and I think the better of the round almost is Carlton at the line. The line is eight and a half or nine and a half. So I think they beat St Kilda by more than that. Okay, well, the Saints boys can still find it. So let's bring up the full frame on here for St Kilda. Uh, Jack Steele averaging 27.9 on the year. Jack Sinclair's an interesting one, 27.3, but last week he faced a forward defensive tag by Ryan Clark. So I like him to get 30 or more back in this one. I don't think Carlton will have any need to uh, find a defensive tag there. Anything else jumping out for you, Brownie? No, nah, that's pretty solid uh, right across the board. So uh, I'm not keen to bet into any of that. Well, the Bombers and the Swans lead us off for Saturday football and Swans will enter as $1.35 favourites with plenty of offer. Uh, for the Bombers here, but they haven't won at the MCG for five straight games. Luke Parker's 250th and the almighty rematch here, Brownie, between Parker and Shield. So let's head into the coach's box. What's your take? This is what I want to talk about, and there's not, not so much punting in this, but it's how Essendon come out. It's there. What do they stand for? What do they stand for? And I think they've got a really good opportunity this week against Luke Parker and his 250th, knowing that he's publicly embarrassed Dylan Shield last time with the head over. So whether Dylan Shield did that or not, it's not for us to say. But what they can do this week is have a response. So if I'm Ben Rutten and I'm coaching them this week, I would be showing that vision, not to embarrass Dylan Shield at training, but to say, this can't happen to our teammate. This is a teammate who works hard, who works his backside off. Yeah, we're not going that well at the moment. There's one thing we can do this week, and it's have Luke Parker in the gun. So it's not about win or loss. It's about, can we do this for four quarters? Can we, every time we walk past Luke Parker, can we bump him? Can we verbally go at him? Inside the rules, you don't want to give away a 50 metre penalty or you don't want to get reported for anything. But make Luke Parker's job really hard. Let him know this week that what you did to our teammate, it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay anywhere. Um, tackle him to the ground, push his head into the ground, all within the rules. Yeah, you might get a free kick against for that, but let's hope that the umpire doesn't see it. But there's got to be some sort of nastiness and an edge to the Bombers this week that Luke Parker steps away and goes, geez, I didn't expect that to come. Because I know one thing, Luke Parker will be able to withstand four quarters of physical and verbal harassment from the Bombers. He'll be able to withstand that because he's a man and he does a really he's, good he's job. Expecting, he should what be expecting What I don't know is can the Bombers deliver four quarters of physical and verbal harassment on Luke Parker? That's the big question. That'd be the challenge. If I was the coach, I'd be sitting down to my players this week. Whether we win or lose, let's judge us on how we handle this. Do you think there's a chance to cover the 17 and a half, BJ? Uh, the Bombers? The Bombers. Uh, I don't think so. I, 
I just want to touch on Brown. I think you make a good point about it being more of a team focus, rather a team defence on Luke Parker. And it's not about because they're setting themselves up for embarrassment or f- or failing when they they go and target him directly and they start a you know a brawl or a wrestle and all that kind of thing. So it's more around a, a, a small team focus around him just to let him know that your point that we don't stand for that. And we're not going to let it happen again. But it's more I think then focusing on the best response for us is just to actually win you know, the contest and potentially win the game, but more about the contest being hard, tough, ruthless, so no one can actually then question our effort again. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they will target him, I think they should, in a sense, in the right way, but then if they go out and they, you know, they just get smashed, I think Dan yeah. touched on it, they get belted, they just get embarrassed. And it's, it's all good and well yeah. doing that, sticking up your teammate, but in reality, when it gets to push and shove and the hard stuff and what it actually takes to win a game. Win the footy. Like, you're not there. Where are you? So you put all your time and effort into this and focus, and then it takes away from the real focus of actually winning the footy and winning the game. So it's, it's a touchy subject, so I think there should be a message sent from Essendon, but it's just more about how they do it and then fo- focusing on the most important stuff, and that's the contest, the pressure, and actually going about it the right way. Isaac Heaney, I've renamed Isaac Heaney, Isaac Cleaney. So when he takes the ball at ground level, he takes it above his head, doesn't fumble, does not fumble. Then he doesn't miss either. So let's just call him Isaac Cleaney from now on. Two plus, three plus, four plus goals. I don't think they've got a match up for him. I think that obviously Franklin has a really good record against Essendon as well. So for me... Isaac That's one that stands out for me is that I think Jaden Laverty, there was a there was a chart shown last week that he's had the most goals kicked on him. That when when you look at St Kilda's uh, sorry that Sydney's forward line, you got so you got Isaac Cleaney, Lance Franklin, even Sam Reid, who didn't didn't hit the scoreboard, kicked a point last week. But how do Essendon match up on them? So so uh, Laverde, who does he go to? Ridley, who played on Max King the other week, did such a great job. But he's yep. he can't he can't do that every week on being an undersized defender. So Heaney, but then look to potentially Lance Franken. I think there's a bit of value around Sam Reed hitting the scoreboard more than two good, times. Good call. Well, Isaac Heaney paying two dollars ninety cents to kick three or more. We're going to take a quick break. Here we are on in the back pocket. We'll come back and we'll be previewing the Adelaide Crows and the Melbourne Demons. Yeah, take us through. Take, take us through. through. Well, the well, there's a lot around this week, apparently. Just name them all, Beach. Just name them all. Here we see 25-plus disposals. As we now he is value-breaded. Now, these are more midfielders here, most of these guys. What about the two-plus goals, Nathan? You can get some green picks, too. Two-plus goals. Then comes in Stephen May. That's the area I'm looking at. Stephen May, plus 18 and a half. He's over underlined disposals because he'll take a lot of the kickouts. Petrarca, as we know him, is the player we think he is and we know he is. He comes back and he has a big game against Brisbane. Riley West look for any time goal scorer, so without Cody Waitman, he then becomes the main focus as a small forward. James Sicily, he is my multi-anchor on anything, but I'm going to take him out right. If you're going to go 20 plus, just put that into the same game, multi. The multi-anchor comes up in this game, though. There's not a lot of interest in the head-to-head. There's not a lot of Benny interest Keys. in this game for me, been full stop. But Benny Keyes is the multi-anchor. Yep. You've liked him all year, haven't you? Yep. Harry Himmelberg will get a lot of the football. They want to give it to him, so I'll be backing him again this week. Todd Marshall's their number one go-to player now. I think he's been wonderful yeah. this year. As we see, his last five games here, mm-hmm. averaging, I'd say, in the vicinity of 26, 27 disposals. So he, he's been part of the resurgence from Port Adelaide. 
Well, Ben Ainsworth, we saw him on the Value Hunters earlier in the in the piece. Yep. How do you see him this week? Goal scorer market, yeah. one or two. Take him for any time goal scorer. I've kept it pretty simple this week, but Collingwood, Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs all head to head. And then $25, I've gone West Coast at the line, 16 and a half at the moment, and Jack Darling for two or more goals. Well, there you go, cash in your back pocket. Well done to you too, and Georgie as well. Plenty of green ticks. Yeah, I handed the value hunters over to BJ last week, and there wasn't as many green ticks in the value <laughs> hunters last week. five pages there, and they're, they're all your value uh, bets, and then I present it and get four green ticks. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of money to be made Saturday afternoon here, gents, with Adelaide hosting the Melbourne Demons. The Melbourne Demons back into the winner's circle after absolutely clobbering the Brisbane Lions. 65, Ford 50 entries, and Petrarca and Oliver on their way to votes once again. Now, the Crows, can they cover this one at home, BJ? Uh, I don't think they can. It's a pretty big ass, so I think uh, hence why the odds are heavily weighed towards Melbourne. But uh, there's one guy, one guy you're really keen on, uh, Brandon. Jake Saligo. It's Jake Saligo. I think five of the last six games he's kicked goals, Jake Saligo. The yeah, one, the one week on. I backed him, he didn't, he didn't you do it. See, but you don't have enough intel. He's where building he's a nice little um, cachet of what he's doing at the moment. The other one is Jack Viney. So we talk about Oliver, we talk about Petrarca, but they're just all getting big numbers at the moment, the Demons. Even when they lost those three games in a row, you look at Jack Viney. So Jack Viney's normally been between 20 and 25. The last five weeks, he's playing midfield and he's dominating. Look at the last three weeks in particular, averaging 33 disposals a game, and he's still a good price to be getting 25 and 30. So take Jack Viney for 25 again this week. Plenty of value on offer there for someone that sounds like a cryptocurrency, Soligio, I think it actually is. a silent <laughs> G, Nathan. Is it a silent G? Silent G. G. So I've been going like the Soligio. Cornelio. That's yeah. oh, all right, you'll get it right. On to an absolute blockbuster <laughs> here. Saturday night football, it is the Geelong Cats paying a dollar and one cents against North Melbourne, $19. The line is plus 12 goals here, so they're going to need to cover 66 points. It's going to be an interesting game with the total points at 160. Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron eyeing off uh, Charlie Kerno uh, there for the Coleman medal. He's two behind. Massive prices on offer here for goal kicking. Brownie. Equal biggest of the year, the line is in this one, 65 and a half. I think when Melbourne played West Coast over in Perth, that was the equal highest, so 65 and a half. Do they cover that? Um, you'd have to say they would. North Melbourne lost their last 10 games in a row by 40 plus. Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron loom large, obviously. The last time they played was in Tassie. Kicked 11 goals between them. So we put together a mega bet for the show this week. Uh, here's Jeremy Cameron, first of all, the last time they played down in Tasmania. So seven goals. Seven marks inside 50, took nine overall. And look, if he doesn't get you, it's going to be Tom Hawkins. So to combine for 12, they did it 11 last time. It's a pretty big price, $15. Oh, it would be the biggest this year, wouldn't it? Would be the biggest of anybody, I'm pretty sure, yep. this year. So $15 for 12, but it's hard to see them holding out. So that's oh, I'm happy to take that. I'm happy to take Geelong to kick more than 16 and a half. North Melbourne have had some big scores against this year so far. So expect that trend to continue. What do I say, BJ? The trend is your what? Friend. Your trend is your friend. And I think not. that, that goal, uh, Geelong can kick over those 16 and a half goals. But on this program, we always have a bit with mates. So we started out with a big tally, which BJ butchered three times in a row. We had to reload and get a sports bet. But last week, I got James Sicily up at $1.36. So the trend is your friend falls to Georgie this week, and you're stepping in for Georgie, and you've got the full kitty on. Well, in lieu of Georgie, and in lieu of Tom Stewart not being in the defensive 50 there, 
I'm going to take the sweeper and the best ball user for the Cats out of that defensive 50, and that's Mitch Duncan to have 20 or more disposals. We're all in. We're chips in in, in, in the back pocket here. 26% oh. on your money. I don't mind that. I don't mind and, it. And his theory around Tom yeah. Stewart not being there. So yeah, Duncan I do like back, that. So it, potentially be... If he plays on the wing, it's probably even better to Correct. get the so ball. So he'd either play midfield oh, yeah. or back, which yeah. is plenty of... Well, we like that until yep. it doesn't get up. Well, I think, <laughs> I think he will accumulate. And we know that he's spending a lot of time in that defensive 50. So Mitch Duncan to have 20 or more pushing on to Saturday Night Football. And it is the Gold Coast Suns hosting the Collingwood Pies who enter on a five-game win streak. They are outsiders, though. Fascinating here. It's going to be a wet weather contest. Brownie, what's your initial take here? Because the line is 3.5. Game of the round, and Gold Coast have been so good up there this Game year. Game of the round. Game of the round, without a doubt. You Gold Coast wouldn't have said that very often. No, Gold Coast came. is the opportunity to play uh, finals football. Lost by two points last week. If they had won that, they'd be percentage out of the eight. But uh, there's a stat for Gold Coast. When they win the contested footy this year, they haven't lost a game. So when they've lost the contested footy, they've lost every game. So Collingwood, the last four weeks, have won that contested footy stat by 18. So we speak about a fair bit, BJ. The game is one lost in the midfield. But when these sort of games come up, when Gold Coast haven't lost a game without winning the contested footy, then you just say, OK, whatever midfield dominates yeah. this game is going to win the contest. Because to, to go back to a segment before in the coach's box, that Collingwood would see that and they would know that. So running through, uh, reviewing Gold Coast games, they the coaching staff will present that to the group. This is a reality. When they win contested footy, this is how simple it is at AFL level two, mm. and they win the game. So this is our heavy focus this week. So make no mistake, Collingwood are going into this game with a focus to win the contested footy, which they'll know which will go a long way to winning the game. Well, it is going to be a wet weather contest here, and that does favour Jamie Allett here. He's going to be a betting proposition for two, three and four-plus goals, Brownie. What bracket do you have him in? Well, I think he's just working his way up to a really big game. So I would love to have seen Jamie Elliott play without injury through his whole career. How could he, could he, could he have been? So he marks the ball above his head, um, and pound for pound, he's one of the best marks in the competition, but at ground level too, he's so busy. Um, two goals for me to minimum. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's a day out for J.M. Elliott. Three plus, four plus, but I'm definitely chips in on two plus. Well, value there at three plus at $5.50. But let's move to the other end of the ground. Marbiol Troll and the Gold Coast Suns forward line. Can they cause some damage here, BJ? Oh, they can and they have. I think that's the great thing about Gold Coast now is their flexibility forward. And their three names you should be looking at is Marbiol Troll, Levi Casbolt, which was a defect from Carlton. No one him. He's on a small contract, a rookie contract. Well, Ross Lyon got rid of him at St Kilda too yeah, in the early right. days. Really early days. So, um, and Isaac Rankin, who's the guy who's, I think, really blossoming, isn't he? And fulfilling the talent we all saw that he had, maturing as a person. Uh, so they're forward line. And then you throw in another small and Ainsworth can hit the scoreboard. There's, they've got multiple avenues towards goal and everyone feels like they know their role and they're playing their role beautifully. Didn't Ross see him in a warm-up lap? And he was like half a half a lap off in a warm-up yeah. lap and he said, uh, and, and, go yes. ahead and tell him he's done. <laughs> in, in Ross's defence, <laughs> Levi was a young, uh, I think he matured a little bit later than most, <laughs> but he was seriously, he's tall, strapped, like he's a bit overweight, had a bit of the old puppy fat. And it was one of his, might have been his, like his second or third session. And he was yeah, about a half a lap. He was a, lap, a harsh man, Ross Lyon. Half a lap behind everyone. And I, I was there. I watched Levi run past. And I remember hearing in the background, Ross is like, no, he's done. Get him out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> it was short-lived at St Gilbert for a, Levi. It's a tough world to AFL world sometimes. Speaking of power forwards, we push on to Sunday football. And the Richmond Tigers have a couple down there in particular. Tom Lynch, they will enter as dollar and twelve cent favourites with a long price for West Coast Eagles. Finally snapped that losing streak against the Essendon Footy Club. The line's 38 and a half. It's going to be an interesting game here. Richmond are humming. 
uh, can they enter the final eight? Uh, can they enter the top eight here if Collingwood get rolled? Well, they've given up two games which they'd be well entrenched in the top four if they'd have won them. So the Sydney game, they're 33 up. And I know they started slowly against um, Geelong last week, but they were 17 up with six minutes to go. Mm. So when you're 17 up, you should win that game. So they should be two games ahead. So this is just a must-win game for Richmond. You expect them to beat West Coast Eagles, but sometimes these are games where you go, all right, West Coast have been pretty ordinary all year. We'll just rock up and do this. I think Dimmer would have them fever pitch to say that we, we want this game done by quarter time. We want to put our stamp on this game. There is no, no way around it this week. We win the contested footy. We get the ball inside 50 more than because we had the best forward in the competition probably at the moment on the end of it. Tom Lynch is the man. He kicked seven against them last time. Seven goals, five. He had 12 shots at goal against them last time. So West Coast are a different team. To they are that. in the last three weeks. They've got their forward structure back a little bit more. But what, better. what they don't have is anyone to play on Tom Lynch. So I, I just don't see how they hold him. They only had 42 inside 50s last week, West Coast Eagles. Only 42. They yep. scored eight. Oh, they took 18 marks from those 42. Now, I don't think Richmond are going to let them do that. So if they get 42 in, it's going to come back the other way. If Lostone, the number one intercept player, Dylan Grimes, just as good as him. So I can't see them marking the ball inside forward 50 to threaten the Tigers. But at the other end, I just see Tom Lynch doing a number. And in the middle, Presti is set to miss, of course, BJ. So I think the Richmond fans and, and general AFL community are waiting for Dustin Martin to spend more time in the yeah. middle. Can we expect that this week? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. It's, uh, is he it's, fit enough at the, the moment? Has he got the... the, the there's the, a lot of question marks whether he ever play, whether he's even training to, to actually put his hand is up to play. Do you though, when Liam Baker's uh, influencing games yeah. the way he is at the moment? So that, that's one of the, the, the silver lining in it, that Dustin Martin not there, but it's created opportunity. I think early in the season it was short. We saw play more as a midfielder. Now it's all about Liam Baker and obviously the talk around him being out of contract, West Coast after him. But he's filled that role beautifully. So arguably at the minute they don't need him. But then you think ahead and you think if Dusty was to just get a bit more fitness, continuity at training and then hit some form towards the end of the season. Like how dangerous is that for opposition teams when you've got now Baker, you've got the flexibility to have Short in there, Dusty just floating through like doing his usual thing. So it's, I don't think, to answer your question, no, they don't need him in the minute. But I think come finals time, pointing into the season, they will need him. They need that flexibility. Well, we're going to take a quick break here on In the Back Pocket. We'll be back with more winners. Hello and welcome back to In the Back Pocket. We're going to stay here with the Sunday set and it is the Giants who returned back home, but they haven't won at home for six straight appearances. They're $1.41 in the head-to-head and they get the Hawks, who started well in that first quarter against the Bulldogs, but they are value here at $2.71. The line's 11.5, Brownie. The Giants, you did say last week, everyone thinks they're going a little bit better than what they are, but... I think they're just still struggling with McVeigh. So I reckon they tried to change and be a bit more defensive last week against Collingwood, particularly for the first three quarters, and wasn't working for them. We need to win the game. Opened up the shackles in the last quarter, and they kicked seven. Uh, and it was drizzling. It was rain in the last quarter, so they kicked seven. Now, there's meant to be 20 to 40 millimetres of rain up in Sydney on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So there's a bucket load coming. Does it stop for the game? Uh, I like... The Giants to kick over 11 and a half goals, whether it's wet or it's dry. I, I just think you're getting a good line there. Let's look at what they've kicked over the last few weeks and what Hawthorne have conceded. So McVeigh took over 21 against West Coast and then it's been 15, 15, 16, 12 last week. Seven of those came in the last quarter when they opened up the game where Hawthorne have conceded big numbers. They have conceded big numbers, 19, 14, 10 against the Pies, 18 and 17. So, you know, 
If it's bucketing down and it's going to rain all game, maybe it's not a bet. But I'm going to wait right up until... <laughs> right up until... Hang on, you just said it is. <laughs> no, I'm going to wait up right until... You're covering your tracks here. The toss of the coin. They're going to look. If... And you check the bomb app. You check the bomb app and you see how much rain is about. If there is a break, I just think it's 11 and a half overs for me. I think it's a pretty good bet. BJ, the Hawks, they continue to show gears in some games. Mm. We saw in that first quarter they jumped the Bulldogs, but defensively they keep collab- collapsing. Do you think yeah. that they can stand the test of time against the Giants? Uh, I don't think defensively because it's so hard to change in season. So they, they clearly need to... But the same can be said about GWS in terms of being able to defend the opposition and the restrict their scoring. So that's why I actually like their value for me this week looking at, at everything is, is I think it's with Hawthorne. Uh, you mentioned it, $2.71. GWS, uh, uh, vulnerable in defence. So... Beca- Regardless of the weather, I still think that both teams will find an avenue towards goal and find scoring quite easy. So Hawthorne have the ability, as you said, they've shown against quality opposition. Bulldogs last week in the first quarter were outstanding. They just can't sustain it. But we've seen that they can sustain it. Yes, sporadically, you know, maybe one to two out of four weeks. So I think this week, against a team that is vulnerable in defence, they can kick a winning score. OK, BJ, well, to finish off round 16, it is the Fremantle Dockers returning back home, $1.42 in the head-to-head. Plenty of value on offer for the road team in the power who snuck over the line by two points to the Suns. They're $2.90 on paper. The line brownie, 15 and a half. It's pretty big. Do you think the power can cover? Well, it's hard to know what to think of Fremantle at the moment. They played so well against the Demons and belted them. But outside that, they were absolutely destroyed in the midfield against Carlton last week. Couldn't get the ball in their half of the ground. That's been their big weapon. So you'd have to give Port Adelaide a chance the way they've been playing. So their effort and defensive effort, Port Adelaide has been really good. And they've got Todd Marshall. So I don't think Fremantle have got a forward that can be as effective as Todd Marshall. And I've been backing him for the last few weeks, or the last nine weeks, because he's had a really good run. I like the fact that he's still a number one forward with Charlie Dixon there. Charlie Dixon comes back in round 10 and they've worked around Todd Marshall to make Charlie Dixon play for him and I just think that... Charlie was actually playing a bit of ruck last week to to cover that voice as well. I I just think they've got the balance right at the moment. So Todd Marshall and Will Brodie continues to get the football but he's not doing a lot with it. Um, last week he had 36 disposals and I couldn't tell you where one of those disposals went. All in but tight, mate. You don't see him with little handballs. Happy because I backed him for 30 disposals last week. So I don't care where they go as long as they get on your hand or your foot. Either way, and I believe you'll be able to do that again. He's a contested ball, isn't he, in the midfield? But there's, there's a matchup that's potentially percolating. Will Drew, yeah, and Angus Brayshaw. Right. Yeah. What do you think, BJ? Well, that's why I think your point about Will Brody, even Caleb Sarong potentially for 2025 plus, even to have a big game because you look at Port Adelaide, uh, Drew tends to go to someone and has done a really good job on the best midfield. And I think that at the minute is Brayshaw because he does get a bit more ball in general play on the outside than your man Will Brody that you don't see one of his 36. <laughs> Clearly didn't watch that game, but uh, I, I just... I'm so just that, saying he didn't do a lot with the 36 he had. Yeah, so that makes sense. So Drew to Brayshaw, the best midfielder, then one or the other two have to get off the chain. So that either being Caleb Sarong or your man Will Brody. What was percolating? What was percolating when things... No, 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 I understand what it means, but what did you make reference to who was percolating together? Oh, well, there was a Drew match and up Brayshaw. Drew and Brayshaw. Yeah, so, you don't often so hear the word percolating in a, in a betting angle, do you? At the first bounce, Will Drew, <laughs> Ken Hinckley sends Will Drew straight to... Yeah. He's, going, he's going to Brayshaw, the best midfielder. So that's... Yeah, so Will Brody, uh, Brownie's man. It doesn't matter how he gets them or what he does with them. And Caleb's wrong. Percolating. Brownie, I'll tell you what else is percolating. <laughs> the 100 
dollar play. Yes, Let's yes. have a look at how the performance Something has been over the past couple of weeks here. BJ, absolutely crushing yes. it. Collingwood Port and the Bulldogs. GP, not so much there. Maybe down with the same game. Multi. Brownie, Brownie plenty of red crosses. Is that the first time you struck out? That's the first year? time I think this year. I've just about struck out. Stevie May got us off to a good start last Thursday night and I tapered off poorly from there. Caleb Saron couldn't get near it. I went for the outsiders with a $10 play up there and Tim Kelly had one of his poorer games in Perth, so it was disappointing. Okay, let's get back on to the winners list this week and I've got a three-leg same-game multi-Brisbane up against the Western Bulldogs this week. I think Brisbane, uh, first of all, will do this one. Richmond, I think, beat West Coast by more than 15 and a half. Melbourne to beat Adelaide by more than 15 and a half. And Carlton to beat St Kilda by more than eight and a half. It gets you to about $2.91. Well, you're the clubhouse leader, Brownie. So now I'll push on to BJ. Uh, I would do my second. Oh, you want yeah, a second? I've got two bets here. Yeah. 100, 50, get another 50. <laughs> just roll another 50. He's, he's eager, him, isn't he? He's a real eager beaver. Okay, Brisbane up against the Western Bulldogs. Brisbane win this game. Charlie Cameron, I talked about it. I don't think they've got a good matchup for him. And the astronaut, I think it's a minimum two goals for the astronaut at the $3.20. BJ, over to you. Yeah, so you see I'm coming home with a wet sail there, Dan. I started off slowly, but I'm $10 in the red, so I'm looking to get in the green this week. Ooh, so my $100 play is uh, Carlton Western Bulldogs, head-to-head, -head, 50 on that. 25 on Hawks, I said I like the value at the Hawks. We're just under $3. Might be pushed out to $3. He's cavalier with his punning now. Yeah, yeah. He's had a couple of winners. No, 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 no. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. A couple of winners. This will get me, this might even, this will give me the lead after this weekend if this thing gets up. So a 16 leg multi, we don't, you can't even fit it on one page. <laughs> so I've gone for the home run. So I don't even, there's too many names. Bing yeah. Tees, Rory Lee, Clayton Overs, anyway, all for 25 plus. But then I've added in some goal kickers as well. So you take them in isolation, you go, you put them all together, you, 56 Max King, Harry Mackay, Tom Lynch, Ben Brown to kick Ooh, two plus. Yeah, Charlie Cameron, your man, and then just to finish off, Tom Hawkins. Wow, have a look at that. So that is a big sixteen so that, league multi. The lead. So I started sixteen slightly. league multi. Yep. So I've gone eleven. You, I want to get. I want to ask you a again. question. Are you betting in your own? Right, or are you being influenced by Parker? No, this will be me, yeah. and I'll have some personal coin on this as well, Brownie. Right. It's a special. I'm starting low here. Jack Sinclair to get back into the winner's circle for 30-plus. He had tagged last week. He was tagged last week. I don't think there's any need for Carlton to do that at Marvel Stadium. The Saints, well, the Blues can focus on some other stuff. They've got some ex excellent ball winners themselves in the middle of the ground. But Jack Sinclair to have 30 or more at $2.40. We know he can find it in that back half and he will take a couple of kick-ins as well. Yourself, aren't you? I'm pumped with that. I think Jack is an excellent young man as well. <laughs> hey, round 16, plenty of value on offer. We've gone what's through all the green what, what, What's an excellent young man got to do with it? Oh, he's just an excellent he just, young man. He's just rebound back from getting... You know but he just like. said he's an excellent he's, young man, which yeah. is well outside where we're talking yeah, no, about gambling. Well, yeah, no. you know, they, he just got clobbered. He looks at that's, yes. that's how in-depth he gets. He looks at their character, how they're going to respond to so being tagged you know last Jack week. personally, obviously. No, I don't. I'm just saying you can take emotion into your betting as well. And I think oh. Jack would have entered the locker rooms at the SCG. So how do you, and you know he's a wonderful young man? How do you know he's got good morals and good stock about him? I may have coached him in under-16s cricket back in the day. So I know Jack, I know he's resilient and he'll get back into the winner's circle. 30-plus, round 16. BJ Brownie, thank you very much well, for having me. You did a good job. Well done. Good job. Plenty of value to be had this week. We'll see you next week. Georgie will be back here. If you're having a bet, please do so responsibly.